This podcast was prepared by Ashley and Martell in their personal capacity. The opinions expressed in this show are the host's own and do not reflect the views of any of their personal affiliations. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption. We feared it at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what was, but move to what shall be, a country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce, and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it Wow. Wow, that's right. Right? Clap it up. Clap, yeah. it. Clap it up for Sis Amanda Gorman. Uh, that was her reading of The Hill We Climb at the inauguration of uh, President Joseph R. Biden and Vice President, because we got a shout out to Kamala Harris. Yeah. Um, so... Hey y'all, yeah, what's, what's up? up this is what, episode 22. Okay, I was counting on you because I didn't even know, 22. Yes, 22, oh. as soon as I thought about it, I thought about Rick Ross, Lil Mama, 22. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome back, it's been, it's been a month since we've last yes. recorded. So, hey y'all. Yes, What's up, everybody? Welcome to BPM, Black Political Millennials. Open that bottle, bro. Open the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm about to refill my glass of wine as we get started on this episode, because <laughs> I drank the last glass as we got ready for this episode, and also just personally caught up, because it's yep. been a while. 
And for those of you mm-hmm. listening, it's always important for Martel and I to have a conversation before we get started. So we can get those conversations out that we just unfortunately can't have on the recorded podcast because it's inappropriate. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we are finally kicking off this episode and I'm really excited. I feel like, you know, life with, you know, the pandemic, because we're still in a pandemic, y'all, mask up. But with the transition of a new administration, it has been a long four years, a long four years, to say the least. So long. And uh, yeah, so we're here. I guess we want to make sure we, because I'm good for forgetting that we check in with each other. So how are you? I'm you know, I'm just going day by day, <clears throat> by day by day, by day by day. That's just that's just kind of how I'm I'm going to move right now. You know, saying Sumatra, a minute by minute, and um, I think for me, just now and like still in a pandemic and just a space of grieving, I'm just trying to just do the small things to make me happy, and. Oh. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like just being intentional about if it's something every day for something a couple times a week, but just just trying to like do things that make me happy, whether that's, you know what I'm saying, something I enjoy eating or it's a TV show, you know what I'm saying, that, that I like to watch. If it's a song that I want to play, you know what I'm saying, or a song I want to sing along to, um, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, like <clears throat> going to run, even though it's been snowing, so I ain't been able to get out there. But just just try to do some stuff that makes me happy. You know what I mean? And I I, I feel like I've done a good job at identifying them things. So I'm just you have you yeah, have. I'm gonna just, I'm a, about to pull out my reporter journalist hat and ask you some questions because you've been doing a lot of dope things, and I know you have been participating in a class with I want to say an Ivy League school. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking, like, you want to share a little bit about what you've been doing and the things you've been tapping into to, to take care oh, yeah. of Martel. Yeah, so um, in the midst of just kind of being home and just wanting to learn, like, I'm, I'm always a person that just wants to learn new things. Um, I've, I've been able to join an online class that's being held at uh, Yale University. Uh, and, it's, and the class is the Moral Foundation of Politics. Um, with Professor uh, Ian Shapiro, and uh, it's a it's a, a dope class that you know really has gone back to talk about like times of enlightenment, uh, anti-enlightenment. Uh, so it's it's you know what I mean just a lot of the the early philosophies of of government and politics, um, and it's been cool to 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 go back and just kind of read about the intentions of government and politics. Um, so yeah, I uh, got a couple more weeks to go with that, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to be getting into um, in the upcoming weeks. But yeah, I um, definitely appreciate you know what I'm saying, just kind of being able to like tap back in the, to like courses. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool. Learning it's is a cool experience. Yeah, when you when you told me about the class, it definitely made me think about like you know being being where we're at right now in life personally and just the way I look at learning 
It's so different than the way I looked at learning 10 years ago. And it's crazy to say 10 years ago, I was still out of undergrad, you know, like I graduated undergrad when I was 21. So I'm like, what is this? I'm pushing 13 years out of undergrad, which is crazy. Um, Still young, but it's still crazy that it's been 13 years. Like a whole teenager could have been created in this time frame. (laughs) So I just, I I wanted you to be able, I wanted you to share about that with our listeners, just to let them know like what we do, the way that we like try to fill our cups doing this work mm-hmm. and being in the spaces that we're in because it's it's, it's just a, a different perspective um yeah. so thank you for sharing that yeah. thank you for thank you for asking because that's been an exciting part you know what i'm saying so i was definitely excited to share about that um but it's it's definitely like piqued my interest on like reading some things um looking at to like certain people um but yeah, I um, I'll definitely I feel like I'll be referencing a lot of stuff with the class. What's our things we discuss? You know what I mean? In in future episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I I like it. Like it a lot. Look, we this is why we do this work. This is why we do all the things we do. So Period. I'm excited about that. I, and now uh, I get to ask you. And I was just saying, I get to ask you about. <laughs> Um, how you're doing, but then also you as well are doing some some very dope things um, in 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 government and policy and and community. You know what I'm saying? And tying those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll that'll be my question, but definitely got it. I know you you making a lot happen too, sis. So how's everything <laughs> on your end? So I am doing, I'm doing good um, despite the circumstances of life in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I second your feeling of literally taking things day by day. Um, right. So that is how I am navigating in all of the work that's happening because it don't stop. Um, but I'm doing good. I have a uh, a lot of things going on with work and the Alliance for Police Accountability. Um, the organization will be wrapping up the petitioning for our ballot initiative right now, which has been intense to say the least, but we're doing good. We are hitting the numbers we need to hit. We still need more signatures because you know they're not gonna let us just get this, this petition passed easily. So you know, that's still happening for folks who are in Allegheny County. Please tap into that, sign that petition.com. And um, in addition to that, um, you know, I am just, I'm doing a lot of building to say the least. Work has been uh, occupying a lot of my time and all of the things that are coming from from my organization, the APA, the Alliance for Police Accountability. Um, And also just, today has been an interesting day because I had, it's Saturday, I had training today, you know, it's it's an off day, quote unquote, but I've been working since 9 a.m. this morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's the, it's the moments where you recognize that you're working, but you're doing something that feeds you 
even when sometimes it's difficult. And today we had, uh, in the, the training I had this morning, we had to like write a manifesto. And writing the manifesto itself just kind of helped to get me back on a Saturday morning, like after a long week, it helped me like refocus. Like, this is why you do what you do because this is the, the world you see. This is the future that you know we can have. And um, yeah, I just, one day at a time, one day at a time. And the, the training I had this morning, that's what you were speaking of that I'm doing. So I'm doing a uh, training with this organization called Lead PA. And it's called Ready to ED, which is ready to ED is referencing positions of like executive director. And so it uh, involves me getting a chance to learn from people who are working in the nonprofit space, people who are working um, in the electoral space, and also um, people who have uh experiences of being in these different spaces and being a person of color or a black person an indigenous person um a queer person you know like it it is opening and broadening my perspective of all of these different spaces of leadership and um it's exciting because like you said like we're learning and when you're in a space to learn and grow, it's just like, all I can do is be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, I feel like I'm being vulnerable with myself, which is, you know, uh, it's scary, but it's, it, it's needed and necessary and it's going to get me where I need to be. So um, that is how I'm doing. Um, I'm excited to be here recording with you tonight. Um, yeah, every time we get a chance to hop back on and talk about our perspectives, I get excited because I know that just a lot of organic ass shit is about to pull up on the episode. And for people who listen, um, you get it. And we appreciate y'all for listening because y'all right here with us. Right. Right, right in the mix, <clears throat> right in the mix with us. But yeah, you uh, you're making a lot of ill things happen, and um, we gotta. I had a brain for it, but one thing I do know is I gotta definitely get with you to to get on that petition to get that petition oh, signed. So yeah, gonna, all the we people say that. We want to say that just so people know, like, yep, I'm being on that petition, so you should be on that petition as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I definitely be getting a text too. So that's good. Know, that's good. Yeah, they working. Yeah, they definitely working. They definitely working. <laughs> Shout out to, to you and the entire team. You know what I'm saying? Straight up. That's, that's good. Yeah. I, when I get the text, I'll be like, yeah, I got a text, even though mm -hmm. I know why I'm getting a text, but still. And I, oh, yeah. I don't know if they know it's my number because, you know, when you do those mass text banks, 
you don't know you don't know who you're talking to and my name is Ashley so there's a billion Ashleys out here <laughs> <laughs> so I just be responding giving them a good text to go through mm-hmm. and take their time on like yeah yeah um and there's Bellamy y'all I knew she was gonna make her presence in this episode yeah <laughs> Yeah, so did we talk about Amanda Gorman? We briefly talked about Amanda that we just opened this episode with. That was, yeah. wasn't she the <clears> first? <throat> like, was she the first Pope? What was her first? The, the, she had a first. She, um, oh, man. Was it she's the first? Was it the youth? The first? The first is a youth, young national um, uh, laureate. Um, national laureate. I believe that's the first talking about this the one that's black why it took guy us a month to come back that's why it took a yeah, month because that shit was real just, we had to just really just let it marinate because there's just so many different parts but the one black kid that turned itself in is getting hit with crazy charges and is not getting bail meanwhile the people that's on video the people that stole stuff is out on bail you know that's what i'm saying it. And they the young, have, one black dude to turn himself in, trying to do the right thing, he's still he's still locked up. Like, if that ain't some craziness and sass some craziness. That's legit. I, that is I, legit I peak United States of America. Yeah. Right there. I mean, we see it happen locally because you know that happened to the protesters here in Pittsburgh yeah. this summer. The black mm-hmm. protesters had felony charges. The white protesters had their charges dropped. We need a new DA, but that's another conversation for another day for another episode. Right. Um, but yeah, so post uh, Capitol riots, insurrection, <sighs> we have now have our 46th president, Joseph Biden, and our first Black and uh, woman of color, vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed, just like they did with Obama when he was elected the first time in 08, when they showed like all, they used uh, our emojis. And so it was like all mm-hmm. the white men and then the black men. Well, they mm-hmm. did it again for Kamala and it was like all the white men and then the black woman. Uh, so, so America, to say the mm-hmm. least. Um, and uh, here we are. How many weeks has it been? 
February 6th. Lord. One. It's only been like a little over two weeks. Don't it seem like it was, I felt like it was a month since the inauguration, but it wasn't. Like five, we have been like five weeks. <laughs> I felt like it's been like five weeks. That's how long it's been. A little over two. And Man. a little over two. And we have had 49 executive orders. Yeah. From the 46th president. Joey B schlepping them things out. He did. He's, he really slipping, did. He is just slapping them EOs. He's just slapping them EOs about the office. Man. I, I mean, it, some of them, so there is, you know, some of them it's like, all right. Some of them it's like, what's happening? About the, we about the, about to pull them up. So we have what, 49. Executive orders. Um, the topics. So CNN on the website for folks listening, because we're not about to read through all of these things for you, but they are listed um, in order of date. Like the newest is at top, oldest is at the bottom of each executive order that he has put through, we'll go through some of them, but clearly there's almost 50 of them. So we are not gonna take all that time to read through 50, but it gives you the topic, if it was a reversal, and then a brief summary of what the executive order was about. Um, some of the top, the topics are what? Immigration, national security, healthcare, environment, equity, the economy, the economy, coronavirus, a bunch of things on the coronavirus, y'all. Mm -hmm. And the census, also, there's one about the census. And ethics too. Did you say ethics? Ethics. I don't know if I did. I don't think I did. So ethics, yeah. Yeah. Those are also the different nice, topics. This is a nice mix. You said what? No, I thought you were about to talk about one. I, when when I saw the topic, though, and we, we briefly mentioned it offline, I was like, well, I guess the ones about equity are the ones who address, like, our, like, it, it's hard when you look at the topics of what these executive orders are, because when we, I think about the issues in this country right now, they all involve, like, white supremacy or racism, or something mm -hmm. that's oppressing the people. Right. And so the topics just don't scream that out. But I guess within the economy, within the environment, within each of these, there is some kind of a um, direct impact. Yeah, so, and some relief for Black people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. when I when I look through when I look through the the category of equity, um, and while I'm not saying that some of these other executive orders aren't good. Because there are some good ones on here that will, you know, what I mean, benefit people. But just kind of a conversation about Black people is I really only see two executive orders inside of equity that will have some kind of um, impact or relief for Black people. But even in those two, it's just kind of like more needs to happen. And I'm and I'm gonna be optimistic that, that I hope more happens. Um, but even with this is what this is so what from my, what I've been seeing 
is even through some of these executive orders, there are certain things that are still happening, even though these executive orders have, have been gone through. Primarily is the deportation of um, immigrants, black immigrants um, from, from a lot of African countries um, and also the Caribbean um, countries as well. So like, I don't know, like I saw that earlier this week. They're like, this executive order has happened, but these things, these, these things are still happening. Cause it's a culture change, you know? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's written down on paper, but then somebody got to regulate it. And mm-hmm. so like, those are like levels to how this stuff works, which is why we got to talk about how do we get into all these spaces? Like, how do we become the, you know, deputies of this department or the the super you know vps or whatever the titles are for folks um in these different positions because somebody's not regulating these these uh executive orders regarding immigration i also looked at the one remember when 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 that trump had that 1776 commission because they were saying there's no like yeah. Uh, discrimination and stuff like that was crazy as hell whenever that came mm-hmm. out like you're tripping dog so yeah. that's one of the ones under equity yeah that's the ones that's one of the ones I was referring to yep I yeah. figured I had yeah and the work prevents workplace dis- there's another one for preventing workplace discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. And it's just like the fact that we even have to say that mm-hmm. is just, oh, it's sickening. Right. right. It's sickening. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm hoping that there's more to come. Um, but like you said, the fact that it's 2021 and they're still having to be executive orders because you're not even trusting this could go all the way through the whole congressional process without some funny business happening that I just mm-hmm. got to come in and do these things to make these things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to shout out um, a, a executive order. Um, I wish I could find it really quickly, but, um, and I hope there's some real intentionality, intentional, intentionality behind this, um, but it talks about uh, robust, routine and robust conversations with um, indigenous tribes in the United States. Um, engage a regular, this is January 26th, um, okay. commits, recommits federal agencies to engage in regular, robust and meaningful conversation with tribal governments. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that's like some real, some real, there's people that's real intentional and there could be some, some discussions and some conversations had um, about about creating that because we give more aid to countries outside this country than we do to governments inside this country. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. billions of dollars. That no, leave, that's real. You know what I'm saying? That leave off that's the water real. and you got governments, you got leadership, you got sovereign land here in this country that you're not supporting. So I'm hoping that that's a real one too. Um, no, that's real. Know, I sat on a panel I don't want to forget, but I sat on a panel that was talking about like reimagining police and just the whole conversation around defunding. And one of the panelists um, is from 
Nigeria and he was saying how um, he there was an issue with protesters who were arrested in Nigeria and they were able to work through the US government to get them free. And I was like, crazy, mm. crazy. We can go through the US government and get help in other countries. But when we have issues here, they do the complete wow. So yeah, it's just interesting. Wow. How things work. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And there's way more context to that. Like, you know, there it, it but the point is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, that that action was, you know, as someone who is if I look, you know, if I'm from Nigeria and my people are over there struggling and I can go to the US government and get my people good, I'm gonna do that. But right. that that's that's like two-faced mm-hmm. so um you know yeah. it's a lot to talk about and it's a lot of that's why we try to have these conversations so people can be like oh that happened because mm-hmm. until you know you don't know exactly um and also um <clears throat> i think it's important for people to know things that are happening in the country too um and like there's a true expansion of of black issues when we talk about black issues um because we we know about the economy we know about uh, education um equity equity rights civil rights human rights um but then also things that happen with immigration too i think is important that we have to to highlight as well um because there's a lot of times when you see black people and it's black people but you don't realize that you know amongst our our black people we have people that are Haitian that are Liberian or or Cameroonian you know um and or in the United States um but still have to fear from ICE as well you know Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people were like oh ICE that's a that's a, a, a Latino community concern issue but mm-hmm. now nah, people just like you mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that mm-hmm. are concerned about that same exact thing so that's just another thing when it comes to black issues that we have to um <clears throat> to pay attention to um and there's definitely like I said there's executive orders around immigration but I think you know as black folks we got to pay attention to make sure that those things are really happening and are not just saying this on CNN so people think these things are happening, but in reality, you're thinking that this particular uh, community is safe and it's still open season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I'm, I'm definitely gonna pay even closer attention to that. And I hope that, you know what I'm saying, people listening will uh, will pay attention to that as well as to kind of see what happens with these executive orders. And if they're definitely sticking true to, to what they're saying, um, they're going to do in these orders. We, that, that's the point of paying attention to what they say because there's a lot of lip service that you get when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, people that are supposed to be serving us. Like, remember y'all, we, we got to be particular about our language and folks that we vote in office are serving us. They are going into... Um, community leadership and they are supposed to be the voices to represent us. Right. 
So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely um that's definitely the the whole role. And I want to point out too with the executive order because this is a show where I'm sure if listening, we have a good bit of millennials on this episode and an executive order that our democratic members in the Senate are uh, pushing President uh, Biden for is to do an executive order to forgive $50,000 in student loan debt. Mm -hmm. Now, this decision um, would make 36 million borrowers debt-free. And this is from CNBC. And I could use that. Man, there's a whole lot of us. There's a whole lot of us that could. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole lot of us that could definitely use that. Um, Yeah. Um, This article, there's some key points and it says the Senate, you know, the top Democrats, Chuck Schumer, Senator Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats put forward a resolution for forgiveness of the $50,000 in student debt. This plan would cancel all of the debt for 80% of federal student loan borrowers, y'all. 80%. And last but not least, women and people of color will be among the biggest winners. Black women, we are educated. We go to school, we get these loans, y'all. We need to apply pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and get this $50,000 student loan forgiveness. And it's not enough. Let me say that it's still not enough because there are other people who have way more student loan debt that should not have. I still am a believer that if you finish and complete your degree, you shouldn't have to pay any of the student loan debt. If you if you obtain your degree, you shouldn't have to pay for any of it. Mm-hmm. It should be free. If you don't, you have to pay for it. That's just my way of like, if you want to pick and choose and it shouldn't be expensive and keep you in debt forever. If you do don't, if you don't finish, the prices should be a payable worth it, you know, worth what it, worth what it gave you. Um, I forgot who I was talking to when we, I was talking about paying back student loan debt. We were talking about going to like these big universities, like, you know, Pitt, Duquesne, um, and how you go there for a degree like social work and you get a great degree, but the tuition that you pay doesn't reflect the salary you make when you graduate. So if right. y'all not going to change my salary, then Duquesne, you need to change this, this money I owe you because I obtained this degree. You get credit for educating me, which then brings other people to your institution to then get their degrees. Right. And I shouldn't owe you uh an amount of money that will limit my life mm-hmm. like that's not that's not how this works am i tripping no no definitely not tripping i um i feel like um to go to take a step back to what you said about uh prices for schools i feel like there should be a fixed amount I feel like there shouldn't be an incremental increase that usually happens when you're in school and how tuition goes up. I feel like there should be a fixed amount for tuition. Um, I don't know if this should be based off of the the state amount or something, but I feel like it needs to be fixed. And I think it should maintain at that amount while you're in school. 
I feel like the amount you start with should be the amount that you finish with as far as your tuition goes. Um, you know, I mean, I definitely feel like there needs to be some kind of uh, focus on that. Um, yeah. To, yeah. To, to keep people from just getting gouged um, when it comes to, to paying for your education. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's so much. I mean, it's, it's, it's even a point of part of a game to get people to just get into the mix of schools just to get loans. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's some people that their, their bottom line or back mission is just create loans to give loans, just to have loans. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm not saying these are institutions that are doing this, but it's possible, but they're just entities that give people that give people money for school. And and part of it is like we give you this loan and then this percentage is going to be paid back on top of the amount that we gave you. You know what I mean? If you don't reach it in this time, then it's more. You know what I mean? Like that's there's people there's people that have business models like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel also like people that have experienced that. You should, you know what I mean? If you're a victim of that, I feel like it shouldn't be on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, for me personally, I I, I was um, I was scammed by a, a student loan debt consolidation company um, where, you know what I mean? The commercials was everywhere. They had the website talking to people and they're, they're looking it up and they can see how much I owe and all this different stuff and all of this. And it goes a process to get my thing consolidated and I send this money and then I just don't hear it from nobody no more. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know nobody answer the phone no more when I when I doubt it's in. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it was legit wild. And there was nobody, like I didn't even know who to reach out to at that time and point to figure out that who to help me with. You know what I'm saying? So I'm calling this student loan, like, yo, I was trying to get this thing consolidated, and they took all this money. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, we're, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, we're sorry that that happened to you, but your balance is still so. So I'm like, well, bro, like you realize that some of that was supposed to be going to you, you know? Yep. Um, yep. So and that they, right there is why I quit paying because y'all not about to get me. And I just said, fuck it. Yeah. Until somebody erases my debt, y'all ain't getting my money because y'all don't know how to contact me. That's not how you contact me and help me pay off my loan debt. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So that's you know what I mean. Like we might have, we might have, we might that. have just saved someone today from this conversation, or people just relate that's to right. that because I know yeah. I had that happen to me, and I said, "Oh, I'm done." I don't know who mm-hmm. none of y'all are calling me, so I'm not talking to you. I'm not giving you none of my information. If they want this money for their student loans, they better figure out the right way to contact me, and that's how mm-hmm. I handled that. so you know we need an executive order from the president of the united states to eliminate fifteen thousand dollars we can start and the key word here is start we can Mm -hmm. start there that's where we can start and um folks we can start there and push it further so let's get to work no question (laughs) um so, you know what I was thinking about? There's a few things that we have to talk about too. And this is all I feel like follow after the Capitol riot. Mm-hmm. And it's 
Marjorie Taylor Greene and the fallout of AOC and her testimony and people trying to, you know, discredit her experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those, those are two things that I feel like are two complete opposites of um, capital riots. Right. Yo, first, my thing is, where did Marjorie Taylor Greene come from? Um, I, I, I seriously can I just wonder where where did she come from, and how she's able to be this loud and this wrong <laughs> in such in front of such a a a giant platform. You know what I'm saying, like. That's that's my question. That's my thing. Her Wikipedia page cracks me up the most. Like the first paragraph that you see without clicking anything is like the funniest. It's it's funny to me. Like it is literally it's hilarious. I'm about to read it to y'all. I'm literally about to read it to y'all because it's it's that funny that this is the first paragraph and I can't take her seriously. Marjorie Taylor Greene is an American far-right politician, businesswoman, and conspiracy theorist, serving as the U.S. representative for Georgia's 14th Congressional District. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Man. You know, how did you get, how did I, this is what I'm about to do. Yeah. The song just played in my mind is how did you get here? How did you get here? Like, that's the song that just played in my in my in my head. Because I don't understand how this person got to Congress. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got there off the conspiracy theorist, QAnon, whole spin. Like, I don't understand how you got here. That's the part that I'm that I'm just really just getting confused confused on. Um, but just loud and wrong though. Loud and wrong. <laughs> loud and wrong. Um, I think for me it is just how do we let and I'm gonna say you know, I'm always biased, but how do we let a woman like that get to a federal level in our government? And we, in, in a place where we live, are just now seeing what it looks like to have a local state level representative like Summer Lee. You know, like those two different dynamics to me like are so extreme like from a federal level like she's she's a federal congresswoman acting like that Mm -hmm. acting like that and I guess we should maybe yeah maybe we should talk a little bit about oh everybody's okay over here Everybody is okay. 
but I feel like we should talk a little bit about who, um, I don't even want to remember her name. Marjorie Taylor Greene is outside of being what Wikipedia said in her first paragraph. I mean, I, so this is, this is, this is my, my thing. Um, is anytime you hear of, or you hear about freshman Congress people, you hear about their moves prior, where they came from, what they did. And I, I want to compare her as a freshman Congresswoman and a Republican to, um, let's say, a, a freshman Congressman on the Democratic side and um, uh, Richie, Richie Torres. I believe his name is Richie Torres. There used to be New York City City Council before coming to Congress. And you know what I'm saying? Like, what, how, how, once again, how did you get here? Like, what, what experience warranted, um, yeah, Richie Torres, but what warranted owning a CrossFit gym? Being a business, I mean, business, I got to yeah, being a business owner, I get that, but was it just owning a CrossFit gym? And then my thing is, I, I feel like in this area and in this country, her ideals and her viewpoints line up with a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? And we have to realize that there are a lot of people that don't search for truth. You know what I'm saying? They don't search for real truth, they search for you know what I mean, what they want to hear. And there are a lot of people that are stuck in those in those kind of holes of being conspiracy theorists <clears throat> and, and they're losing the understanding of, of what's factual and what's not factual. You know what I'm saying? And there are a lot of things that I believe and a lot of stuff that I don't trust, but a lot of this stuff that people was really running on is, is absurd. Um, and, I, and I think it's dangerous. And in, in all reality, yeah. it's dangerous to have somebody mm -hmm. in a position like this that is 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 just able to to spew so many untruths and for it to be consumed by so many people. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's that's really dangerous for for real. And yeah. like I said, um, we talk about experience again, and we talk about how the last dude that was president never had experience of of any kind of um, um, public office role or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, not not school board, not a government staffer. You know, um, not not a former judge or a magistrate or or commissioner, of county, or anything like that. You just jump right straight into president. Now here we go again with somebody that doesn't have any of these kind of experiences and not our congressman, and just look at the same type of time that they're on. So like. You know, I feel like you gotta be, you gotta be able to read more into people's past before they be able to get into these positions. Um, but I'm glad she got stripped of her committees, especially education, because there's no way you're gonna be on educational committee and you're saying that Parkland didn't happen. Yep, yep, Come yep. On now. yep. You know what I'm saying? And then you're harassing this young person that is a survivor of that. Like, how dare you? Like, I don't even, yeah. you shouldn't even be allowed to be a congressperson after that. For this young person to have to look on CNN 
and hear you with these absurd masks talking about censoring free speech and all of that stuff, and you're over here just lying. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, man. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm glad she got stripped. Um, mm-hmm. And I appreciate those eleven Republicans that voted with all the Democrats to strip her of her committee chairs, her committee seats. Yep, um, I just I pulled up from the BBC because I feel like the BBC is the most like neutral news source regarding this situation. And it says um, with her being pulled from the committee. The representative who was elected, she was just elected in November and she represents a district in, sub, in Georgia. She cannot take up her place on the education and budget committees. This would limit her ability to shape policy as most legislation goes through a committee before reaching the House floor. Committee positions can determine the influence of individual lawmakers in their party. It is highly unusual for one party to intervene in another party's health committee assignment. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that is what happened with uh, Miss Green. Ain't that her last name? Yeah. I don't even think I spend more time talking about her on our podcast. You know what I'm saying? No, but we got to let folks know. Yeah, we, we gotta let our next. You gotta be y'all people like that. Get them out, cause Georgia, y'all did it, so you can do it again. It's cool. We gotta yeah. wait, but don't forget. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this. I'm just hoping that midterms just clears House on Republican side. Like, That's why we I'm, gotta I'm keep this up. Now is I yep. just hope that midterms is a bloodbath for them, and a lot of these people are about. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. at least like yeah. real Republicans. Like, we want other people in there, but at least some real Republicans. Like, right, psh, right, yeah. right. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. So, that's that. That is that. And and response. You see how we? That's why, like, the way I I told Dante when I was reading things about AOC and people trying to, not trying to, but people bringing up the conversation that she's being um she's exaggerating about her experience and it's just like y'all these are people who get death threats every single day mm-hmm. ain't nobody sending marjorie is marjorie if marjorie green is getting death threats let me know because asc uh what's uh rep rashida Mm-hmm. Talib, is that her last name? Yeah. Like death threats on the day, like federal, like FBI agents have to notify her because there literally are serious, real death threats against her. That's ridiculous because she is just her. Right. Y'all, this is crazy. Like I want people to know that this is craziness. This is this is stuff that we can't be quiet about. These are things that we can't just like be like, oh, that's just the way it is. Like, no, nah, this ain't it. Right. This ain't how we're supposed, supposed to. to be like this. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not something that we should just feel like we have to accept. So let's get to it. Like, let's get to. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just ready. I think that's how I, I'm ready. Let's get to it. 
Grab my hands together. Birdman hand rub. Literally. So, all right, that's, I guess that's federal. We got a whole bunch of local stuff to talk about then. Yeah. We don't talk up this much about local stuff, but today we got a lot of local stuff. This is like a local heavy episode. Yeah. And local for us is Pittsburgh, Allegheny County, um, mm-hmm. southwestern Pennsylvania. Um, for those wondering, that's local for us over here. Where should we start? Yeah. Dante is asking me questions about social media right now, and I'm like, I don't even know. Because I'm <laughs> recording. But local. Did I send you? Let me send this to you. Because we're on Zoom and we have a chat. And this is Life in 2021, recording podcast, um, virtually. Okay. All right. So if we, we start home with, um, so uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette um, released an article, uh, I guess within the last week and a half, two weeks, about crumbling infrastructures at Homewood. And um, just about how um, there have been a lot of investments that have fallen by the wayside. And um, a lot of people, they were supposed to do cool things, just haven't been doing those things. Um, primarily a city council person and other leadership. But yeah. um, I had to say my piece on that. I had to say my piece on that. Because uh, that's my lived experience is like, yeah. Um, there's blocks in Homewood that have been the same since I've been born in 1987, but like I've had elderly elders tell me that lived in Homewood since the 60s, and certain buildings have been the same since April 1968 when Dr. Martin Luther King was, was assassinated, and there was riots in Homewood, and there are certain buildings and businesses that are still fucked up since then. You know what I mean? And um, That's crazy. Yeah, and and for for people to kind of just be like, oh, we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that, and you can just ride through and just 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 see businesses and homes just decaying, like uh, a national landmark, a national historical landmark in Homewood that has gotten to the point that it's going to cost so much money for it to be restored and rehab you know what i'm saying like where was that at 30 years ago you know what i'm saying it was where where was the national landmark then like it's a failed investment um people got to do better man um people just got to do better um because you can't you can't just like gentrify certain sports certain parts of the hood and just not pour anything in um it ain't cool. It's not cool. You're not selling property. You're not putting in affordable housing. You know what I'm saying? Um, We're not offering places and spaces for for careers, education, like. 
no, no, no. It's a problem. And y'all messing with my kids because all of them are our kids, and I don't like that. Yeah. So, something to pay attention to um, because home is definitely going to be next on the scroll. We try to fix it up thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, people got to do better, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, people got to do better. I don't know if people people just gonna feel some type of way about certain stuff, man. But it is people's livelihoods that's being impacted here. You know what I'm saying? It's just people's lives, be you know. I I I was working with with a family that owns property in Homewood, and like the city ain't even trying to help them, wasn't trying to work with them. You know what I'm saying? Like we just can't have those kind of things. Um, that's that's how you impact generational wealth, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we continue to talk about that, but that's a that's an impediment to creating generational wealth right there. If you have a family that has another generation coming up and them developing this particular property or business is a way for them to leverage and elevate that generation and future generations, you're fucking with generate you're fucking with, with generational wealth right there. You know what I'm saying? But then people want to talk about how we keep black people in Pittsburgh and the development of a black middle class and all of that. But you're shooting one in the foot right there in the middle of Homewood, you know. Mm. But I don't mm. want to keep. I don't want to go too long on that. But uh, it's yeah. it's all of that. It is literally all like all of that. That is that's the problem in in different ways and different variations for different communities across this country. And we don't got to sit back idly and let it happen to us we can, um, you know, put some pressure on these people and get mm-hmm. what we need. Like, just get what we need. Um, so, yeah, Pittsburgh, Homewood, we need to get that moving. What is this? This is, it's, it's, we, we coming up, it's a local election year. We've got races happening. So we wanna make sure people know that there's primaries coming up in 2021. And these are the races that directly impact the functioning of the neighborhood you live in. And if you don't like what's going on outside your door, you should be figuring out who is making the decisions that make things stagnant because there is someone responsible for that so y'all check ballot what is it ballotpedia ballotpedia check out ballotpedia look at your local elections it don't matter where you live if you have a question and you're listening to us send us a message dm us email us and we will try to help figure out what's going on and get yeah. you some answers because it's time to be activated every year. What did we say? We had some folks we worked with vote twice a year, every year. And wherever you live, mm-hmm. you should be voting twice a year, every year. That's like, that's what it's about. No um, right, what else is going on? Yeah. Yo, yeah, your email address is bpmpodcast412 at gmail.com. Um, if you have any particular questions. Um, I also wanted to plug something else that we do with Young Dems. 
um, of Allegheny County. Uh, when we talk about education um, and just some of the, the things that we have planned for the rest of February, um, included in our, our recommendation forums. Um, and also the, the uh, town hall that we're developing on uh, judicial races and um, all of the courts that have open seats. And it was um, what's important, which you should be looking forward to, which you, what questions you should be asking and things like that. Um, so I definitely wanted to plug that because we're definitely in a space to continue some education. And um, that town hall is definitely going to be it. Um, working yeah. with Pennsylvanians for modern courts. And we had a nice lineup of panelists too that'll be part of that. Um, yeah, and, and with the courts, I think it's important to let people know that this year there are a lot of seats that could transform how generations of decisions and the mm -hmm. judicial you know part of our government because we have legislative executive and judicial little right. education right there for folks that might not know because i don't always think about it but there are three branches and so judicial is big that your magistrate uh our court systems from the supreme court level to our local, what is it, the common pleas. Um, so we've got to get out and know who these people are because it's, it's hard to get judges out. Once you elect a judge, woof, right. you got to do some work to get them out. And mm -hmm. I don't even want to do that. I don't want to do that work. That is not work that I want to, oh dear God, I don't want to ever have to embark on that. So let's not, let's not let that happen. Let's make sure we get out. We want to do a little bit more here too to talk about those um, in February. And you know what else I didn't think about? Did we shout out Black History Month when we started this episode? I feel like we did we not. We did. And so we're about to shout Black History Month out right now because it is still the beginning of it. Yeah, and yeah. we deserve better. So for us, this is for us. It ain't even about other people. It's about us. Yeah, hug the baby, baby. That's what we're doing it for, the babies. Mm -hmm. Babies. <laughs> there was like our, our little bit of uh, a sound bite laugh. Um, but yeah, so that's that. I do want to say to... Um, we have someone on the team that is running for office and it is the producer of BPM. Executive producer, producer. Um, yes, we, we're, we're running for mayor in Wilkinsburg. Hey. Hey. Yes, it's important. We cannot, mm -hmm. you know, we cannot just sit by and let things just, as much as I don't, you know, local politics are hard, y'all. Yeah. They're so hard. That's major, though. It is major. I'm so proud and excited. I'm proud I'm and excited. excited. Too. Excited. Someone was well. like, are you, are you going to be the mayor's wife? I was like, I might be. <laughs> I might be. I might be. <laughs> I might so, be. So, you know, we're working on that. And uh, that's what it's about. We do this because we got to do it for, like, whatever. We just got to do it for, the, for these 
for for these generations to come. People did it for mm-hmm. us. We got to do it for these. The work looks different. The times are different in a way, right. but they're not. Like the root cause of why things are the way they are. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. we that's what we doing. That's what we doing here. And you know, we'll have more information coming because elections aren't until May. Little tape for mayor. <laughs> hey for mayor. The chair. I don't know if the they heard that. Tay for mayor. Tay for mayor. That's you the hashtag. Tay for mayor. That's definitely. I'm definitely gonna head out on the shirt. I don't care if I got put on it with tape or a marker. Tay <laughs> for Tay mayor. Tay for mayor. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, you know what? what? I was just looking about looking for my cards, and I think my cards are upstairs in my room. I didn't bring them down. We haven't played mm-hmm. a, a round of black card remotes in a while. Yo, where? Yeah, let me know if you have the cards. I definitely yeah. have the cards close by. I don't got mine. It's all right. We'll do it for next time. All right. We'll line it up for next time. <laughs> Next time we'll get back to Black Hall Revolts, y'all. It's been yeah. it's been a pandemic. Right. Let's definitely get back to it. I'm about I'm gonna I'm gonna get another pack too. I'm gonna get one of them trivial ones, like the Martin one or something. We're gonna we're gonna do it like that. Yes, and you know what? Now that we say that, I did see something. Um a local well, and I don't know if, if she still lives in Pittsburgh, but um pop caney is her mm-hmm. ig name and she has a card game it's called culture trivia oh, let yeah. me see if i can find it yeah we might have to order that All right, that. yeah black culture trivia all right yeah we'll put that order in we definitely support we all about yeah. supporting our people. Yeah, yeah. About, speaking of supporting people, shout out my brother Golden, Fly Revolutionary Hustler, FRH. Um, I got the got the shirts, hoodies, hats, all of that. Um, FRH, Fly Revolutionary, Fly Revolutionary Hustler. Check out IG website. You know what I'm saying? Pittsburgh-based black on. You know what I mean? Go and support. You know what I mean? FRH for the people. But um, we definitely support our people, man. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, ah, this was episode 22. Episode 22. <laughs> Y'all, thank you yeah. so much for, for checking us out. And we're going to wrap this one up. Yes, so make sure you check us. Black Political Millennials on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook. Uh, once again, email bpmpodcast412 at gmail.com. Um, and I don't know where you listen to us at, but we are on Anchor, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, doing all them things. We out here. Peace. Tay for mayor. Tay for mayor.